Well, first, I'd like to uh, welcome Father Patrick to St. Joseph's Parish. It's good to have you with us. We look forward to the upcoming months, years, however long Bishop Kagan wants to keep you here. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you, and thank you for your service already. I've been thinking a lot lately, and I'm not an expert on this, but I'm beginning to think that to be a parent involves a certain level of insanity. Like, you have to be a bit crazy to be a parent. And I've noticed this because we encourage children to be dangerous when they really don't need to be dangerous. And, and, and we get excited about it and we, and we push the child to do dangerous things because that's how life gets exciting. And what I mean by that is simple stuff that you really wouldn't think about it. Like when a baby's born, they can't do anything and they're safe. But then they begin to crawl and the parents are like, yes. And I'm like, no. Now it can fall downstairs, you know. And then it begins to walk and everybody's like, yes, now you need to run. And if, I don't know if you've ever seen like a toddler. Their legs aren't quite fully developed and they're like at Mach 10 going down a hill. You're just like, that kid is dead. Like, he's going to wreck. And, and, and we do this. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of more the raising fact. Sometimes we're just straight up telling kids to do dangerous things. The reason I noticed this is for the 4th of July, I was at a lake cabin with a family and there came this point when when they were tubing, we were trying to get the kids to go tubing and the kids were like, well, is it, is it dangerous? And we're like, well, it could be, but probably not. And they're like, yeah, but is it dangerous? And I'm like, look, I can't guarantee you that it's going to be safe, but that's what makes it fun because you don't have to guarantee and, you know, so after a little bit of coaxing, all the kids got on. And it was a hot dog tube. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a big hot dog. Anyway, you can put, like, five kids on there. So they're all going. And, you know, they're, we're doing, like, five miles an hour. And it's just boring. And this, this, this boat has, like, a 300-horse engine on it. And so I'm like, you know, let her buck, you know? Like, let's have some fun. And, you know, so we're giving the kids, like... And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're going faster and faster. And then they're like go in circles. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and you know, the, and then the desire in the father's heart changes and it becomes no longer just having fun with the children on the tube. It now becomes, can I get them off the tube? <laughs> and they, I mean, we're roll, screaming around corners. And they, I mean, they're like, ah, you know, just having a blast. And all of a sudden, of course it flips and kids just go skimming across the water and we come around, this is what struck me, we come around and they're all bobbing up and down in the water, freaked out, white in the face, one's got a bloody nose, one's crying. And what do we all say? That was awesome! <laughs> do it again! <laughs> like, get back onto the tube. It's crazy. Like, there is a certain level of insanity in parenting. And we do this not just, you know, in whatever. I mean, we do this in all aspects of life for kids, especially sports. I mean, think about what you encourage your kids to do in sports. It's crazy. Just throw your body around for the wind, for that trophy. But I also find it amazing that often, many parents don't encourage their kids to be crazy in the area of the faith. That we should... Don't don't go too crazy there. Play it safe. Play it safe. But in the gospel today, Jesus says, live dangerously. Live on my providence. Let me provide. He says to him, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. 
You know, if he's talking to me, I'm like, great. That sounds awful. And then on top of it, he says, don't take any money. Don't take any luggage. Don't even take shoes. Just go and I'll be with you. No insurance policy, no backup plan in God's mind. Only providential care. He's just going to care for us. And we are to trust that. I once heard a priest, he said, God offers no insurance, no backup plan. All he offers is assurance that he will not leave us alone. He will be with us. And there's a major difference. Because insurance is a backup if my plans fail. Assurance is believing God cannot fail. And insurance is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. You should all have insurance. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that when our hearts shift from trusting God in all things to I have to protect my little kingdom. That's a problem. Because we're trying to protect everything. God has very little possibility of working in our lives. Simply because we won't let him. We won't let go of control of our families, of our material possessions, of our work, of our whatever. That's why God can't get into the hearts and minds of all of us and work. Because if we're honest, our hearts way too often prefer things than they do God. We would rather have more stuff at times than we would have eternal life. Which is amazing because all this stuff is going to fail. Your house is going to fail. It's going to break down. Your car is going to fail. Your marriage is going to fail because one of you is going to die before the other. All things are going to pass. Your job is going to fail because one day you're going to retire. Your body is going to fail because we all die. So why do we put so much stock into the things of this world and play it safe when it comes to the things of eternal life? Why aren't we more all in? It's like I really, we really believe that if we have more stuff, we'll be safe. God is saying, forget about the stuff, focus on me, and I'll take care of the rest. Now, it's easy for me to get up here and say that. It's hard to live. But I did it one time, and I'm not telling you this because, oh, Father Waltz is awesome, even though I kind of am. But <clears throat> I'm telling you this because this was a major moment in my life. A major, a major shift happened in how I live. When I was in seminary over in Rome, there was this, I was going to go to Medjugorje. And I don't know if you've heard of Medjugorje. It's, the church is not spoken either for or against, but it's a place where supposedly the Blessed Virgin Mary is appearing uh, for on behalf of mankind. And so I was like, well, I'll go check it out, see what, see what it's like. So I'm talking to my buddy. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Medj, because we shorten everything, Medj. I'm going to Medj for, uh, for, I think it was Christmas break. And he's like, well, if you go, you got to go on God's providence. Like, let him provide. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to let God provide. He's like, no, no, no. Like, really let him provide. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really going to let him provide. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, really. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, when you go over, you buy a one-way ticket, and all you bring is your passport. And I'm like, that's stupid. And he's like, do it, man. I'm telling you. 
Let God provide. He's like, I got five buddies that all did it. It all worked out. So I sat there for a while and I'm like, is this, because I don't know if you know this, but Medjugorje is in Bosnia. So I'm going to Bosnia with just my passport and a one-way ticket. And so I did it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I did it. I, I was like, this is crazy, but what the heck? Is there any chance to try it in my life? It's right now. So I show up in Bosnia on the shores and I get there and I didn't realize there's a bus that takes you to Medjugorje that takes like two hours. And so I sit there and I'm like, I don't have any money. I can't get on the bus. So I just sat on a bench. And I said, okay, God, if you're God, do your thing. And all of a sudden, the bus driver waves me over. And I come over and I'm like, what? And he's like, are you coming? I'm like, no, I don't have any money. He's like, why not? And I'm like, because I left it at home. And he's like, that was stupid. I said, I know. And he's like, well, there's no seats on the bus, but if you want to sit here on the step, he's like, I'll take you for free. And I'm like, huh, all right. So I got on the bus. Then I'm driving and I get to Medjugorje and I show up and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I have no place to stay. I have no money. So I was like, I'm going to go to this place called the Senecal because everybody that goes there said it's awesome. You got to go check it out. So I went up there. It's a place where they like rehabilitate drug addicts and drug lords and prostitutes. It's a really crazy place. And so I came up there and I was like, hey, can I stay here? And they're like, are you a drug addict? And I'm like, no. And they're like, no, then you can't stay here. So I'm like, all right. So I go into the chapel and I just sit there. For three hours I sat there and I said, okay, God, I'm just going to sit here until you do something. All of a sudden, two of my buddies from the United States who had been ordained priests two years ago, or two years prior to this, walk in. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm on pilgrimage. They're like, so are we. I'm like, where are you staying? Or they say, where are you staying? I'm like, I don't have a place to stay because I don't have any money. And they're like, why don't you have any money? I'm like, because I left it at home. And they're like, that was stupid. And I said, I know. And they're like, well, you can stay with us. I mean, you'd be sleeping on the floor, but we have room. And I'm like, great. And just thing after thing after thing. Now, I didn't have the best accommodations. I wasn't eating gourmet food, but I had enough. And the craziest part of the story, I'm getting ready. This, the day before I'm, I was supposed to leave, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, if I don't get home, my re- the seminary rector is going to kill me. But I don't have any way to get I'm going to have to start begging for money. Well, I met this Italian couple that lived in Rome, and we got talking, and they're like, well, I said to them, when are you leaving? They're like, tomorrow. And they're like, when are you leaving? I'm like, well, I was supposed to leave tomorrow, but I don't have a ticket. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because I left my money at home. And they're like, that was dumb. <laughs> Do you see the pattern that's happening here? And I'm not kidding you. She said, well, this is really crazy, but my sister was supposed to come with us and she couldn't make it, so we have a ticket if you want to just travel home with us tomorrow. I went over to Medjugorje for a week with my passport. I'm telling you guys, at the end of that trip, there was a shift inside of my heart that just said, you can trust me. But here's the problem. When stuff comes and, and a problem comes, what's the first thing we do? We got to fix it. We got to grab onto it and fix it. Jesus, help. Now I'm going to fix it. Whereas the Lord is like, you know like when you're, you're training a puppy and you, you, you just say, stay, stay. You know the dog, <laughs> stay. That's what the Lord's trying to do to us. We want to fix everything, fix everything. He's just saying, just, just, just let me do it. 
stay, wait, and I will provide. Do we believe that? Or do we believe that we need insurance policies, backup plans, all over the place? Because if that's the way we live this life, we will never experience the power of Christianity, ever. The true power of Christianity is letting God into your life to let him work. And so a practical way to do that, I want you to find one thing this week, one thing that you obsess over, one thing that you try to control in your family, in your work, wherever it is, whatever it is. Maybe it's a sin that you struggle with, a weakness. One thing, and every time you become aware of it, I want you to simply say, Jesus, help me. I trust in you. You may have to say that a hundred times. You may have to say that a thousand times in a given day. But that is the beginning to the life of freedom where God provides in every moment of your life. There is no, I'm telling you from experience, I can tell you a hundred more stories like this. There is no better way to live. There is no more exciting type of life. But so few of us really enter into it. Why? Because it's scary. And there are no guarantees. All there is, is this blessed assurance of God that we get today in the gospel. In which he promises, I will always be with you. If we believe that, and we live that, our lives will radically change.